welcome into another interview episode of the Next in Line podcast. We're super excited today to share our conversation with the wonderful Brooke Smith. We talk about dealing with the tragic loss of a loved one. We talk about entrepreneurship, personal development, weight loss, mental health, and a variety of other important topics. Uh, And it's just a outright fantastic conversation that I know you're going to get a lot of value from. And guys, speaking of getting value from it, if you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, we ask that you would share the show with a like-minded individual who might be able to receive that same kind of value. That's the number one way for us to grow and to reach a larger audience. And guys, when we're able to reach a larger audience, we're able to help more people. And that's what we're here for. Also, guys, you can do us a favor by leaving a rating or review, liking, subscribing, commenting on whatever platform you find yourself listening to this episode on. That's going to help us pop up in the search bar a little bit earlier uh, when people look for personal development or self-help type podcasts. Guys, you can also hang out with us, see all the crazy things we got going on, and just see some cool content on our social media. That's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. But guys, without any further ado, here is our conversation with the awesome and one and only Brooke Smith. All right, welcome into the Next in Line podcast. I'm here with the one and only Brooke Smith. Um, Brooke is a friend of mine from college. Uh, She's had an awesome journey here lately in the personal development space. Um, Kind of across the board, uh, we talk about the three main sections of personal development in in life, which are the spiritual, mental, and physical aspects. Um, And you've had some, some great stuff going on lately, so welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think personal development, you can't just work on one thing at a time. It's a very, like, holistic approach to it, Um, and it's very hard, and I don't think a lot of people realize that when they start getting into it. Um, You know, I worked on my physical health at first, and then my mental health kind of just went along with that, and then, too, um, trying to really deep dive into spirituality and you know, spending more time with God and stuff like that to try and help also my mental health because it is very hard. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You know, that's that's a fantastic point. And I I love that you said that in that way. You started with the physical health and you kind of transitioned into your mental and physical health as well, because I don't think people really grasp the kind of transition that that is in the chain reaction that goes on with it whenever you start working on your physical health you start to see the little changes and improvements you start to gain some confidence you're keeping the agreements with yourself that you make like I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do this I'm going to go out and I'm going to walk a mile today and I'm going to go run a mile whatever it is and you you build self-confidence through uh, completing these agreements with yourself right and that's where a lot of this mentality comes into play and then you start to look at other aspects of your life for improvement like the spirituality like you said and I mean that's that's killer information if we get nothing else out of this podcast <laughs> I think that's going to be some absolutely great advice right off the bat um, for the listeners here um, I think that a good spot for us to go would be diving into how you and I mm. met each other at Texas A&M. Um, what was your major? Uh, what was, what, what did you study? My major was agricultural communications and journalism. Um, so I think we had the first ag 105 or whatever together. I Correct. think that was our first class. Yeah. And then I, then I changed majors about four times. Yeah. And, yeah. 
then ended what was up, it, what did your major ended up? I being? ended up being ag science, uh, oh. certified to teach uh, and everything. So it was more agri- agricultural education, if you will, but fell under the ag science domain. So general general ag. Gotcha. But you've been able to take that degree in communications and journalism and turn it into something really cool. Um, I have I with have. your entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I made my own business actually in 2020, which was kind of an odd time to do that since COVID and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But I got furloughed from a full-time job that I had just gotten um, a position at as a marketing assistant. And so I was like, well, I still kind of need to make money. I don't need to just, you know, get money from the government. I need to make my own income. So my parents kind of helped push me um, to go on this journey and make my own company. So I kind of do website design, social media management and advertising, marketing, a little bit of SEO stuff. And I still do not know everything, honestly, because everything constantly changes. But I just had to put my foot out there and just kind of get started. And after that, it kind of all just started falling into place. No, well, that's that's a really important point as well. Uh, my buddy Lane Diven uh, and I just did a podcast as well, and that was his kind of advice at the end. We do a little segment that, that we talk about things that you wish you had known, but we'll do that later. Uh, but his takeaway was just go, just start, because it never gets any easier. Um, it's never a perfect time in your life. You just have to pick up and really try to make some progress and some headway. So it's really cool to hear you say that. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you around that is you mentioned having some experience and then diving into your own entrepreneurship afterwards. Did you learn more of what you needed to know to be able to do that in college or did you learn that in actual real life, real work experience out there in industry? You know, I, so at a and I originally was just studying communications and the first semester I totally hated it. So I tried to do some research and then I saw the AgCom. And so honestly, those classes really did help me because I felt like they were a lot more like real world experiences. Um, you know, you did advertising, graphic design. So I felt like it definitely helped me, but I definitely learned a lot of it outside of college. Agreed. Just because... They can help prepare you, but until you get into that position or start doing whatever kind of career you're in, you really don't know it until you're getting into it, honestly. Now, and that's something I experienced with the ranch and that side of things and working through management experience and working with people and probably something you came across as well is with those soft skills in college you don't have to utilize those near as much you can walk away from people you can say hey I'm not going to be a part of whatever's going on over here with these people. But in real world application, like the jobs that you've had and the situations you found yourself in, that's not something you can really walk away or do. You've got to learn how to deal with people, right? Right. Yeah. Dealing with people is like the number one thing, I think, in all jobs, whether you have, you know, you're a nurse, whether you're a CEO, like whatever you're doing, you have to deal with people. And it's so important to like know how to communicate uh, you know, n- know how to tell someone when you need help or, you know, they're not, you know, expressing their themselves right, you know, they're angry or something like that. Like, it's just really hard. And I don't think a lot of people understand that either or know how to deal with it. I, I think so. And that's only that's only something you can get from having to deal with real world issues. And a lot of people get exposed to them in different times. Um, some people uh, have un 
fortunate events happen in early in their childhood um, that they have to deal with or at a younger part of their life and they get exposed to some of these soft skills. But I think a lot of that is undervalued as you move into industry, just the experience. Everybody wants to come in and have the high paying job. They want to have uh, the, the position and the title and everything like that. But nobody really knows what goes into learning that and the the experience you have to have to actually need or make that kind of money or have that title or, or hold that position. So I, no, that's, that's a really, really big thing. You touched on it's BS to media. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's your company. So you touched on doing website design, social media. Um, what is your favorite thing that your company does? Um, I would have to say, I really do like helping the company, kind of understand their brand and their audience because like with that's kind of the social media side I really do enjoy that and I think that's where I have my most experience Mm -hmm. so I really like them like trying to understand okay like this is a message I'm trying to convey to my audience whether or not you're a business and you're trying to sell your services like it's important to know your brand what you believe in and how that comes across to your future customers I think that's really important um and you, you said some awesome things there. One of the one of the ones that resonates with me is as I try to brand myself, as I try to market to potential customers and an audience uh, through Next in Line, one of the things I really have to remind myself, and I think a lot of people get away from in the business and entrepreneurship space, is that you're doing this to help people, right? You're the whole point of a business is to solve a problem. Um, so you don't you don't want to lose sight of that, and I think a lot of people do. So that's I'm really glad that you made that point um, with with your media company and entrepreneurship. It, it can be extremely challenging. Are there some things that you wish you would have known before you started out on your own into the business sector? Definitely. Um, I didn't think how much I still like need to learn. Um, I mean, I'm constantly like which social media constantly changes and stuff, but I like constantly have to be on my A game and try and learn and figure out, you know, the new software or whatever it is with website design, social media, with Google, like there's just so many different things. So I think that's really important to know, like if anyone is trying to like get out and start their own business or, you know, whatever it may be, like, it's really important to know that you're always going to be learning. Honestly, even if you just have a job, like, I think a lot of people get into positions and stuff and they're like, oh, I know everything that I need to know. I got my degree or whatever it is. You know, they just kind of get big headed sometimes. And it's like I try and really remind myself to be, I guess, humble and just like remember that I'm constantly a work in progress and I'm never going to know everything. But I'm going to try my best to keep learning and giving my best, honestly. Absolutely. And the, the theme of being humble is something that, that has been relevant in my life across this personal development journey uh, for myself. And it's been it's been crazy in a lot of ways because just whenever I feel like I've got something figured out, whether it's with my weight loss, with getting stronger, um, with running these ultra marathons, or even like you mentioned with work professionally or whatever, I find very quickly that something comes along, I hit a speed bump and everything gets tossed all over the place and you got to put it all back together and and figure it out. So I think that's a very important part. And also you look awesome. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) You've had a huge physical health transformation as well. I know we've talked about that 
off of the podcast on separate occasions before, but walk us through kind of kind of that journey for you if you can. Wow. Okay. So, um, I guess in 2018, I lost um, a very important person to me from suicide, and so honestly, after that, my weight kind of just like went off the rails, and I gained a lot of weight. Um, and I've always been like a bigger girl, heavier set and stuff, but I mean, I put on a lot of weight and I know like, you know, emotionally my body like needed that extra weight, you know, because of the stress hormones and all that other stuff that was going on with my body. So I would say in 20, I think fall of 2019 is kind of when I started to get into working out more. And so I started with Camp Gladiator. Um, so that kind of made me more consistent with my workouts, had me a had me accountable because it was a group workout thing. Um, and then in 2020, I kind of started working with a nutritionist for a while. Um, Casey Shea Nutrition out of Houston, Texas. Um, she works with people all over the place, but she's awesome. She really helped me like look at it holistically. Like it wasn't just you need to eat right and move your body to lose weight. Um, especially with women, like it's you have to take in, take into account like your hormones your stress, like just so many different things. And so I kind of started focusing on that. And then honestly, in 2021, my mom got diagnosed with colon cancer in May. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know if you knew that's, that or not. I did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. So um, she's good now. She's in remission. She got all of that removed. And then she did three rounds of chemo. They wanted her to do 12. And she was like, I'm not doing any more chemo because it was just so hard on her body. Oh, I can imagine. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So she started reading all of these different books and stuff about holistic living and eating better and, you know, not eating so much processed stuff, looking at the ingredients in your food. So I guess in like June of 2021, I really started to kind of go down that route. Um, And so, yeah, so I mean, honestly, the weight just kind of started falling off as I was more intentional about what I was eating, moving my body more. And honestly, I quit Camp Gladiator this past fall, Um, partly because of my shoulder and arm injury, but too, just because it was so high intensity. I don't think my body really needed all that. Sure. I do do some high intensity, but um, for the most part, I've been walking and doing like low intensity movements, weights. Um, and so, yeah, I also, for women who listen to the podcast too, I got off birth control. And so that just like totally messes with your hormones and stuff. So I think after getting off that too, like my body just was like, oh, okay, like we're trying to get healthy. We're trying to balance our body. So just like, it really did help a lot. I've seen... It's funny you bring that up. I've seen some of the uh, different studies around birth control and how it changes the hormones. And then even relating that into men's health as well, just hormone regulation and that side of things is a huge thing. We see testosterone clinics popping up left and right. All these guys needing needing the little bit of extra boost to get themselves going in the right direction, it seemed like. but um, Yeah, and honestly, when you look at it, a lot of that goes back to the food that we're putting into our body. Not just food, but to like fragrances and plastics, all these different kinds of things. It's crazy. I agree completely. I actually, the the holistic high lifestyle is something that's attractive to me. Um, I'm actually on paleo now, so it's more of a natural and sustainable diet. Um, obviously, meats, uh, berries, fruit, 
nuts, vegetables, that kind of thing. So it's something that that takes a lot of those processes and a lot of that extra crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it essentially, is. yeah, <laughs> and and removes it from your diet. And I felt night and day difference. I'm telling you, uh, it's it's crazy. So with a holistic approach to becoming healthier, what is a diet program or what are what are some meals and the style just some examples of that yeah so when I was really like I guess the word you know very strict about it when I was first starting out um I would focus on my breakfast and so women's hormones like you really need to have a good breakfast and too like I have hypothyroidism Hashimoto's so like that was really important to get my blood sugar and stuff together so I normally focus on like a protein, fat, and fiber. So I'll have like avocado toast with um, a fried egg on top and then berries on the side for some extra fiber. Um, And then sometimes I'll have like a little snack. So I'll have like a protein um, bar and maybe like a smoothie too, like a small smoothie. Um, Lunch, it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll have a sandwich and like a healthier thing of chips or I'll meal plan like a one sheet pan those are my favorites because it's just easier you put all your veggies on there and like a protein and it's good to go absolutely so I mean those are my favorite kinds of things but I mean I still eat carbs I definitely I just I can't say no to carbs but it's just more whole foods and that's that's very important and that on the carbs and on on the even diving into some of the, the less healthy things with food, whether it's uh, just sweets or alcohol or mm-hmm. some of the other things that are that people describe as not ideal for living a healthy lifestyle, it's it's about sustainability, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the things I had to find out about. Um, and it sounds like you've utilized that sustainability in with your diet and your physical health. You yeah. figured out with Camp Gladiator, it's not exactly what you needed to keep going down that path that you're wanting to go down and continue to work on your health. So you moved to something that was much more sustainable than a high intensity workout regimen every day. Um, And then with your diet, you also utilize a diet that doesn't make you hate every meal that you're eating. Right. Um, And it's, it's something that, that serves you in the way it needs to serve you, I guess. And I think people move away from that whenever they get into this space. I know I did. Um, I, I think I dropped about 65 to 70 pounds in three months by doing something that was completely unsustainable. Um, right. I cut my calories down just extensively. I, uh, I reeled in on the carbs. I pretty much cut carbs out of my diet. Um, and it served a purpose for a short period of time. Right. But what really made it sustainable was whenever, whenever I added all those things back in, in moderation and kind of harmonized between that and the physical activity that I was utilizing. So that's one thing I did want to highlight from that. Not the. Yeah. And I think it's really hard too. Cause honestly, like I never really weigh myself. I weigh myself when I go to the doctor. So, and people are like, now they're like, you look so good, Brooke. Like, what have you been doing and stuff like that? And I'm just like, I think a lot of people expect you to say like one thing and it's just like, no, there's a lot of different aspects that you have to work on. And it's not like just one thing you hyper-focus on you just take those small steps towards, you know, that change. And then eventually it pays off. But I was going to say like my weight, like I think I dropped about 60 pounds, but it took me like three years. That's awesome. Yeah. 
but and you, so you did it right by taking that long. Right. And it was just like my body. So about 20 pounds a year, probably. And so I wanted to make sure that the weight stays off of me. And it's just like, I think a lot of people want that quick fix and stuff. And sometimes, yes, that does work. Like you said, it serves a purpose for that specific amount of time. But then afterwards, is it really sustainable for you? Yes. And like, that's the one thing I've struggled with, with like alcohol. I gave up alcohol for like a few months here and there, but, um, I do like a nice alcoholic beverage sometimes, or like, you know, there's just drinking at a party, like my dad's retirement party or something like that. And it's just like, it's hard not to. And I really praise the people who can like go to social things and like not have to drink. And I really am working on that because it is important. And I honestly don't like feeling like crap the next day. Absolutely. And honestly, the past few months, I really haven't like been drinking a lot. Like I'll drink quite a few, but it's over a long period of time. And I make sure to drink enough water and stuff like that because it really does mess with your sleep. And I don't think a lot of people like realize that. And so a lot of people too lately have been telling me, you know, like, where's that fun brook or stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm trying to work on being a better me. And I just don't think that serves me anymore. I completely, completely agree. And it sounds kind of following that line of sustainability. It sounds like you're still working with that, with the alcohol. You're making sure it's something that has a healthy relationship with you and kind of reeling it off. I, I actually stopped drinking as well. Um, I had a couple of kind of opportunities to drink that I partook in uh, following 75 hard, but really I've only probably drank a handful of times since uh, I started this journey, I guess a year and a half ago. Um, And especially in the past several months, I've pretty much quit Um, for the same reasons that that you mentioned. I, I, one of them, I like to be in control Mm -hmm. of my decisions. Um, I like to feel good the next morning. I don't like to feel like I have a wasted day. Um, but you do, it's funny. You mentioned, um, I was having another conversation. I, I'm always in personal development with the guys around me. That's, that's what we do. That's the people I try to surround myself with. Um, but one of the guys that I'm very close with that I'd like to have on the podcast eventually, um, we were talking yesterday about how it's almost like alcohol is the only thing you have to defend uh, not partaking in, right. right? You have to, you have to tell people, Hey, I'm not doing that. And then the questions come flowing. Like, are you got a problem with it? Like, is it, is it something that like, why aren't you drinking? Is it something that you have an unhealthy relationship with? And it's like, no, I just, I want to have a better version of myself. Right. And that's not it. Yeah. And so that's really, it's really good that you mentioned that. I think that's a very important thing that people, people overlook. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to find, you know, a happy medium, like, a lot of people can quit and stuff like that too and is amazing and I wish I could do it 100% but I'm just like trying to find I really hate the word balance because I don't think you can really find that but you know just trying to find something that works for me and sometimes it's hard to because I feel like I get taken back you know and take a few steps backwards and I do have a night or something where I do drink too much and then it's like the guilt and the shame like come like rushing in and it's not even I don't even make bad decisions but normally if I do drink too much that that does happen sure but it's like I just don't like feeling like crap the next day and I don't you know it doesn't serve me and honestly learning more about my body and how you know your liver detoxes that and 
it, even though it like detoxes your body through so many other different things that you put into your body. And it's just like, it's just not the best thing all the time. No, it, it, you're absolutely right. And I, I have a ton of respect for you getting that in balance or in check, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Right. Yeah. It, Cause it's, it's something that a lot of people never, never fully do. And you don't realize the damage that you're doing to yourself. Um, and you, you really don't understand the extent that you're kind of over the edge either. Um, right. I, I got to the point where I was having two, three beers a night, sometimes coming home and drinking a whole six pack. And that was just on weeknights after work because of the stress or, or whatever other kind of excuse I ponied it up to. Um, and it, it was a tough situation. It's something I'm, I'm glad I walked away from it. It makes me really happy to hear that you're, you're finding balance with it as well, because yeah. I, I think it's something that a lot of people can really grow from and get themselves moving in a positive direction with, um, and and not to not to skate away from the physical health side because I think that's been a an awesome conversation that that we could have probably a talk all day about probably. <laughs> right but one thing I did want to touch on you mentioned a couple different events in your life that have been probably very large obstacles for you to overcome with uh within your mental space uh, in in your mental development and I kind of wanted to to dive into a little bit of your your mental journey uh, with mental health. I know you're a huge proponent for mental health and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. What is your biggest interest overall in the mental health sector? What do you focus on whenever you look for content or consume content or look for people to follow who talk about that? That's a good question because I almost would say all of it. So I'm trying to think of one specific thing. Sure. Um, I guess mine would kind of be like trauma, trauma and grief. Um, It's just really interesting to me how trauma affects your body. And, you know, it could be emotional trauma, abusive. It could be anything that's under that sector. I think a lot of people think it's always physical, um, but there's a lot of emotional trauma too. And I think it's just, absolutely, it's insane to me how your body reacts to the trauma even years later I'm reading a book right now called um the body keeps the score so it's about trauma and um it's this guy who um like studied and it was like right when medicine and stuff were just coming out and he studied PTSD and all these other things I can't remember his name but like he was just talking about how they like some army vets were exposed to like sounds and stuff just like they were back in Vietnam or something like that and their body had the same reaction as if they were there in like their brain and I think that is just insane because it could be years down the road but you know you get a certain smell you hear a certain thing like I mean fourth of July like fireworks and stuff like that like it's just it's so insane to me that how your body can have that same reaction I, no, I, that's a that's an awesome point. I I think kind of to bring some relevance to it as well for people who might still be kind of on the back burner with trauma and not really seeing it as this main line thing that's very important to talk about. If you think about addiction, <clears throat> there's a lot of studies that follow that same kind of of mindset, just a, a like millisecond picture, and the brain can register that. If if they're shown a pic- picture of a drug, an addict is they go through the full phase again they go through that the 
the cravings, they go through the the cycle of addiction, and and everybody sees addiction as this huge thing and this this mainstream thing that's a problem. But you're seeing a lot of connectivity there, a lot of, a lot of uh, oh, I guess what I'm trying to say. There's a whole lot of similarities between a trauma event, a a mental health crisis or something that you go through that scars you just like addiction. And it's something that really should be taken seriously. Yeah. And you've had a couple things come up here recently um, with obviously with, with Austin mm-hmm. and uh, obviously with, with your mom's diagnosis that I just found out about. Um, obviously I'm, I'm sorry to hear mm-hmm. about that. I'm glad she's, she's making yeah, she's a good. lot of progress and yeah. going in the right direction. Um, but with, with different things like that, how how do you process something like that? How do you how do you deal with with some kind of large trauma? Like, is there is there certain kind of phases that you went through? Is there is there progress that you you had to make and realizations you had to come to with it that that maybe led you in the right direction, helped you move in a positive direction. Cause I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast have dealt with things in their lives, whether it's um, something as small as like I, something that that's has that trauma for me. And this might seem minute compared to the situations that you have. But um, I, I had a girlfriend back in the day that I thought I was, I mean, we were pretty, pretty serious. And because of a very stupid decision, a couple of stupid decisions on my part, I screwed that situation up. And in a lot of ways, I was my own trauma and it stuck with me and it carried and resonated itself through many different situations in my life. Um, and it was it was kind of throughout there. And I there was certain things I had to do to kind of overcome that. And, and maybe it was uh, just realizing that that. I was in control of that situation and I caused that problem. And your situation is probably a lot different than that. But were there any realizations kind of like that? Maybe that it wasn't, it wasn't you. It wasn't your fault. It, it wasn't something that you, you really had all the control in the world over, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just really difficult. So first I'm going to play off that because I think too, since Austin died, like, I have been needing a little extra help. Not so much now. I'm in a better place now. But two, three years ago, I was just making bad decisions. And, you know, and I was fully in control. But, of course, you know, that trauma happened to me. And so I never really blamed it on his death or anything like that. But I did just make stupid decisions. Drinking too much. Going out too much you know, sleeping with whoever, like just not good decisions at all. And until like I realized like, hey, you're in control of this. It doesn't have to be this way. Um, And, you know, sometimes I still struggle with a few things because it's just like you try and take all those good steps towards, you know, being a better you and stuff like that. And it's just like something will like throw you off. And, um, you know, it's important to even if you make that bad choice again, like just get back on the right track, like as quick as you can notice it and realize it, like get back on the horse, keep going the right way. Um, but it's really hard to do that. Absolutely. No, it, it was something, it was something I've struggled with, uh, in, in several points of my life to just kind of 
you check yourself and you get yourself right right on the back track or back on the right track I should say mm-hmm. um and I don't I don't know we've talked about a couple of couple of people I've interviewed um and Lane Divin as well uh was there a was there a pivotal moment in that time was there was there something like one day for an example of that like with my my issues that I went through in my life with just not being the person I wanted to be there was a time whenever I woke up I was in College Station. Um, they'd just gone out and drank really heavy the night before. Um, I'd done some some stupid things out with friends. Felt like crap. I looked in the mirror whenever I turned around uh, in the bathroom and realized that there's this huge overweight guy. This guy that's not mentally tough. He's not disciplined. He doesn't care about anything more than himself. And I just kind of had in in that moment. There's this realization for myself. Was did you experience anything like that with this entire process, or was it kind of a gradual? Yeah, no. I would say almost a year ago, like last fall, I kind of I was making really bad choices. Um, one in particular, like one I didn't think that would ever happen to me, and that I would make the choice to do that. Um, and I was just like. Like you said, I was, I couldn't really even look at myself in the mirror, like, and like, you know, I would get ready or whatever, but like actually like looking at myself, like in my eyes and stuff, I was just like, you are not this person. You do not like, this does not add up to your morals. This does not add up to like who God says you are. This does not, you know, and this does not define you, even though like I felt so much shame and guilt and just honestly depression and it was just like you have to do something different so I mean I just decided to stop doing what I was doing and focus on myself and how I could be better and then you know just honestly look to God pray and know that waiting for him is like better you know because it's just it's really hard and absolutely yeah no, I, I understand that completely and I I know I know what it's like to make a decision that totally compromises your morals and it moves you in a direction that you you feel probably the the furthest away from being who you want to be and taking the steps towards development but in in a lot of ways something that a lot of people don't realize is some of those major events and those setbacks and even as you are on this development path already, some of those things that come along are necessary. Right. Right. They're, they're some of our biggest teaching moments. It's like uh, anytime you're making progress, whenever you're, whenever you're climbing a mountain, right, there's going to, it's not just going to be straight up the mountain. Right. It's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be, there's going to be highs and lows and it's, it's a process. It's a cycle and it's, it's something I had to learn and something I've really struggled with. Um, and even in, in the mental health, um, the, the story around, um, around what you went through with Austin and that whole situation resonates with me because I've been, I've dealt with some depression. I've dealt with some, some issues and I've gone to some really negative places. Um, and I really didn't think about the overall impact it would have on everyone else around me or even the impact that it did have, um, Yeah, I think, you know, so I don't think I said this, but Austin died from suicide um, in April of 2018. And before he played football a lot and um, had three really bad concussions. Um, So 
he wasn't, we sent some of his brain off to Boston University, um, but it wasn't like the right part of the brain or whatever, but they essentially diagnosed him with CTE. Um, so that is like a major brain injury where your brain starts just fighting itself. Um, I would look up the concussion foundation that's through Boston university. They have a lot of good resources and stuff, but at the time we didn't know that, um, we knew he was struggling and stuff like that. And so, you know, his mom tried her best to help him and, you know, we were just trying to figure it out, trying to do all the things he was on medicine, making good choices. And then it was like one night he went out and drank a lot and, just wasn't making the best choices and then I guess just coming down off of that like it just you know wasn't the best and then he decided to take his own life that morning and so we didn't find out till later that afternoon but I mean just like I it's hard to put into words like the feelings you have around that absolutely and it's like weird because I can talk about it I can instantly like feel those feelings like I was talking about how just like remembering how that felt and stuff and even to this day sometimes I can just kind of have a flashback of that day but it's important to me to like not remember that day of him like remember all the happiness and his life you know not his death um but I mean that changes people's lives forever absolutely and it You know, I have struggled with the negative part, though, too, of it changing me because making not making good decisions and, you know, what do I have to live for? Stuff like that. And it's like and even before, though, Austin and I dated for like six years and it was kind of off and on like we were young. We were not making the best, you know, choices together or we were still growing. We were so young and just kind of dumb honestly and so we broke up a couple times and um we were going to get married and it's like I broke off our engagement like a I guess in 2017 so like a year and a half before he died and so I mean even that too like a lot of people had mixed feelings and stuff like that and probably have said stuff about me and that's okay. You know, I just have to make peace with it. And we were on good terms that fall. So I broke up with him in May, 2017. And then like in October and stuff, we were on the come up together and decided to get back together for a little bit. And like, I don't know, like, it's just really difficult when someone takes their own life. Cause you think, you know, what could I have done more? What, what didn't I do? What I should have said this, I should have done this. And it's just, I had to finally figure out like a piece with it. Like absolutely, there was really nothing more I could do. There was nothing more his mom could have done or his sister, you know, like this. I mean, it took me a while to get there, but somehow I know it. Evil is not part of God's plan, but eventually he gets the glory. So it's like I had to remind myself that. God knew this before I did. And so I can trust him. And so, but it, I mean, it definitely changes your life. And I don't want to be one of those people that is sad or, you know, constantly depressed about it or anything like that. Like I know he wouldn't want that for me and I don't want that for me. So it was just really important for me to change my life 
And so, you know, we started a foundation in honor of him, the Big O Foundation. So right now we really just like do scholarships in honor of him. But eventually, you know, we want to do more and um, have fundraisers and different stuff like that to, you know, help the community just know, like, I just think knowledge about it is important, not just suicide and mental health, but also the brain injuries and stuff that a lot of people can get from sports. Absolutely. Um, and even like car wrecks and stuff like that too. People deal with TBIs all the time, mm-hmm. traumatic, traumatic brain injuries. So it's just like, and you know, mental health and suicide, I feel like are talked about more than they used to, but there's still like, I don't know, such a stigma around it. I agree. I, I completely agree. And, and before I say anything else, I, I commend you for the way that you are able to talk about that situation, that you're able to share your your story and the process of coming through that in order to help people. Um, I know you do that on social media, and you've you've shared that several different times with, with things you've put out uh, media-wise. Um, but it, I completely agree with you as far as mental health, uh, depression, even, even suicidal thoughts, those kind of things are not mainstream. They're not the glorious thing to talk about. They're uncomfortable. So everybody avoids them. Uh, I, it, it's something that maybe a lot of people don't know this, but I actually started next in line, um, with the intent of eventually making this a men's mental health, uh, focus and and a way for people to improve and to work through issues they have within their, their mental health, um, heavily interested in psychology and, and that's something that, that I wanted to bring more mainstream, like it seems like y'all are able to do. Um, do you have some overall goals? I know you mentioned having some of the, the fundraisers around it, um, having scholarships, but what would that look like? Would, would you have um, like kind of a events to where people would come out and you'd discuss, you'd have different people uh, present and talk about their experiences with mental health and some of the things they've gone through? The, the reason I'm asking is because that's something I'm heavily interested in and mm-hmm. maybe down the road that if if we can get it to a point that'd be something that we could work yeah on. definitely no I definitely see like doing you know some fun events for like families and stuff to get out there too but ultimately too I would I could see us having those events where people come and talk about their experiences you know supporting suicide loss survivors and just different stuff you know where people don't have to feel so alone in their own battles and too like when they lose someone because there's a lot of like grief counseling and um like I went to grief share at church and it was great it was really good with grief but it's like suicide grief is just a different kind of beast and so we went we really want to do that and you know I think this too goes back to kind of the small steps like we've been um working with the foundation since like 2019 so it's like these small steps that we're taking so we finally like got someone to like do a logo and different stuff like that which we haven't launched it yet so we're like rebranding essentially um that way we can get out there and do more things like that um but I think it is important I think that's how people make those um connections is you want to hear someone else's story and and that's how you impact others honestly no, I, I completely agree. And that's obviously why we're having a conversation yeah. today. I, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of sharing your experiences, your trials, uh, the things you've gone through and using it to help people. 
because that's that's the end goal. I, I love helping people. I know you're the same same way. Um, and it sounds like that's the end goal of the Big O Foundation. Yeah. And that's really inspiring. It's awesome that, that you've got that going on. It sounds like you've got your hands full, too, because you've got that, your entrepreneurship, obviously all your mental, physical, spiritual health mm-hmm. you're working through as well. Yeah, so. and I may go back to school, so it's just like a lot of stuff. But it's I have to remind myself, fear honestly gets in my way a lot. And I just have to remind myself, like, that is the enemy. Those are lies. Like, you can't do it by yourself. You need God and you need other people, you know, to help support you and stuff like that. But, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. How how do you balance it all? What's the the secret? Notepads? I don't don't think I do a very good job (laughs) at it, honestly. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, I try and write stuff down. I've been using my phone calendar, you know, and it's just, like, I think sitting down and talking to other people too helps you be accountable. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and I, I've just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, I don't want to take up your entire independence day as we're shooting this uh, on the 4th of July. It's fine. I don't have any plans, but to work. So. Well, there you go. See, I know you're, you're a very busy person, but a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. Um, one of which would be, I ask this to every guest that comes on the next in line podcast. What is next in line for Brooke Smith? I know you've got, I know you've got a million things going on. You talked about entrepreneurship. You talked about your development journey. You talked about the Big O Foundation. What's your What's your big focus? What are you What's your big push? And where do you think the biggest area of development you're going to focus your energy on going forward? I know it's a balancing act. But. It is. It is a balancing act. Um, I think my biggest thing is, honestly, right now. We talked about physical, mental, and spiritual. Um, gonna work on my finances, honestly. I think that's another thing too. A lot of people don't talk about too, like putting yourself on a budget, realizing yes. all that, and getting it in order. Um, so doing that, um, I'm thinking about going back to school. So, kind of getting my fa- finances in order for that too, because I would like to not take out a lot of loans for that. Absolutely. Um, and then you know the Big O Foundation. I would like to do a fundraiser possibly by the end of the year. However, I don't know if it's the best year because inflation and all that, but we're going to figure it out and kind of promoting my business a little bit more. I kind of started it and just had word of mouth. So I've been working on my website again and going to promote myself a little bit more. Um, So I think that's it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You yeah. got a you got a ton going on and that's it's really cool to hear everything you're engaged in. It sounds like we're kind of two peas in a pod there with with just keeping ourselves busy and trying to make progress every year where you can. Yes, um, definitely. We're uh what major or I guess um what area of study is the word I'm looking for. What area of study are you looking to dive into for your continued education so it would honestly be very opposite of what I'm doing right now um is it would be counseling actually okay so, so absolutely I, I love that it'd yeah. be right in sounds like it'd be right up your alley and that's yeah. something you could really help with yeah so I've kind of struggled with it the past couple of years because I um I applied for like U of H Victoria and I was enrolled in classes and like a month and a half in I was like this isn't the right fit for me so I withdrew Um, and then I've applied to a couple other different places. And so after that though, I was like, is this even for me? Like I kind of felt God pushing me that way, but then I was like, well, this didn't work out. 
So um, I've looked into a couple other programs, but I'm like, if I don't do it, I think I'm going to really regret it. Absolutely. Not, I can understand that completely. Not, I think the final thing I'm going to bug you about today, the final question I've got for you is whenever you started this personal development journey, what is one thing you wish that you knew going into it that you struggle with or that you dealt with or that now you know and and some advice you could pass on to somebody looking to start their own journey? I would think it would just give yourself time, honestly. Like, I think a lot of people in this day and age, it's like immediate gratification and stuff, and you want it now, and you want it to change now, and it's like, it's not really how it works. Like, you have to be patient with yourself and just, like I said before, like, keep those small steps going and eventually they're going to pay off, but you're not going to see it right away. So you just got to keep the faith, honestly. No, that's, that's great advice. That's, that's something that I think is going to add a lot of value to a lot of people listening to the show. Um, and if you want to keep up with Brooke, uh, you can check her out on Instagram. That's brookea.smith on Instagram. Um, and you can also check out the Big O Foundation. Uh, it is the Big O Foundation, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, and we have a website too. Perfect. Check them out. Support a great cause. Um, and Brooke, thank you so much for for allowing me to stop in and, and ask you some questions today. For sure. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Guys, I hope you all enjoyed that wonderful conversation with the awesome Brooke Smith. I know I took a lot away from that conversation. I hope you did as well. If you did, make sure you share the show with like-minded individuals. Make sure you're checking us out on social media at Next in Line Development. Go support the Big O Foundation, guys, and always be prepared for whatever is next in line.